At Eastern Bank, we believe that growing business should also grow the community. That's why we work to give all business owners what they need to take their dreams to the next level. Our dedication to small businesses and communities has inspired us to create the Equity Alliance for Business program and become the number one SBA lender in Massachusetts for 15 years running. We're proud to be here for all businesses, big and small. See the good we can do for you by visiting easternbank.com slash business. Member FDIC. In late 2007, the remains of a young woman from the Casca Nation were discovered in the Yukon woods. I always think about, I want to know what really happened. So I travel north to try to understand what happened and who was involved. It's a pretty big risk to come forward with the information that I have. I'm David Ridgen, and this is Someone Knows Something, Season 8, The Angel Carlet Case. Available now. Welcome to a bonus episode of Say More from Boston Globe Opinion. I'm Shirley Leung. Primary season is here. We've heard from pundits, but now I want to hear from voters. Earlier this week, former President Donald Trump dominated his Republican rivals in Iowa. Now, all eyes are on New Hampshire, a small state with a big role in presidential politics. Trump is the clear frontrunner, but Nikki Haley has been trying to close the gap. Poll numbers are important, but they don't tell the whole story, the human story. That's why I'm excited to bring you this episode featuring Globe Politics reporter Emma Platoff. She's been on the ground in New Hampshire. Emma, welcome to Say More. Thanks so much for having me. You've spent the past few months hanging out with three undecided GOP voters. Why? In the lead up to presidential elections, especially, it feels like we spend so much time reading reams and reams of polls and trying to parse the data. And it feels really impersonal. And we know that it doesn't tell the whole story. So I've had the pleasure of being up in New Hampshire a lot these past few months, talking to dozens and dozens of voters. And what you learn from these conversations is that people's decision making is so much more personal and quirky and sometimes irrational than you might ever expect. And it's a very individual process. It's not always based on policies. Sometimes it's based on personality. And we wanted to document how real people make their choices and use them to tell the story of the primary. So who are we hearing from today? So before we settled on these three voters, I interviewed dozens of undecided New Hampshire voters. We wanted to bring a really broad cross-section people of all ages from all different parts of the state, and people who were interested in different candidates. So the first person you're going to hear from is Jeff Connor. He's 50 years old. He lives in his hometown of Henniker, New Hampshire, not far from Concord. He drives his own truck as an owner-operator. Jeff is a volunteer firefighter and a water commissioner. Family is everything to Jeff. He has two kids, and his younger child, Eli, is gender-neutral. So I met up with Jeff super early one Friday morning in December while he was hauling granite south into Massachusetts. It's 4.57 a.m. We are here in the Irving gas station in Concord, New Hampshire. Good morning. You must be Jeff. Hi. It's so nice to meet you. Yes. Good to meet you. So this is your your normal start time. You're not a, a wimp like the rest of us. Um, I guess to find where I mean, you kind of, <laughs> you go when the work is. Jeff Connor, 
I live in Henneker, New Hampshire. I'm 50 years old, and I'm an owner-operator. And how did you get into this line of work? Just, I guess I never grew up, just still playing with trucks. Ever since I was a little kid, I've always liked trucks, playing with trucks, or building trucks out of Legos, or drawing trucks on paper. Did you call, call ahead, tell them we were coming in? I tried calling, they never answered. I'm glad I didn't go through the effort. I wanted to ask, how do you describe your own politics, whatever that means to you? As far as like, what's my own belief? Doing the right thing. And doing the right thing for the right reasons. Is there anyone running this cycle who either they're in it for the right reasons or they are bringing something new and fresh? Nobody stands out at this point. It's kind of like dating. You know, you don't really get to know who the person is you're dating until you date them for a while. But that's where we're at, I think, with this current race. Who at this point is, is getting a second date, if you even have that list? <laughs> I honestly, at this point, I don't know. I don't see Donnie as getting a second date. Let's say that. It's not necessarily anything against him, per se. It's against what would happen if he gets in there. We've just spent too much time, money, energy, and resources fighting him. It's just done nothing but hurt the country. I can't imagine going through that circus again. Did you vote for him in 2016 and 2020? I did. And it sounds like this year he's not the one you want to take to the prom. No. No, I don't care what color dress he wears. Not happening. <laughs> I'm curious if you have even just any like first impressions of some of the field. They all have good policies. DeSantis, I think, can be a wild card. I love what he did with the refugees. You've got all these democratic states that are all like, oh no, don't come to the states. And what's he do? He puts them all on a plane and sends them up to Cape Cod going, all right, Massachusetts, you voted for this. Here you go. That I think is awesome. However, is that the kind of action and reaction we want out of our commander-in-chief? I don't know. Chris Christie, he can go either way for me. As governor of New Jersey, he did a lot of good things. However, he'd steer the ship far left at different times and go, what's this all about? Nikki Haley seems to be coming from a good direction. I like a lot of her thoughts, but also, where's the money coming from? What's her background and who's behind her pushing her through financially? You know, you are talking about feeling sort of like disappointed, feeling like politicians are dishonest. Does that to you seem to come more from Democrats than Republicans or is that kind of everyone across the board? Across the board. I think they're all liars. <laughs> I don't know of really any other occupation other than used car salesmen where you'd question whether or not they're telling the truth. It sounds like you don't currently see anyone that uh, you would. Single and looking to mingle. <laughs> I gotta call my wife. Good morning dear, how are you? You ready to start your day? I 
was hoping we could talk a little more about your family. I'm curious, has it been hard to get used to, you know, calling your child by a new name, potentially using different pronouns? She basically is at that stage where she's not really sure where she wants to be. She's just happy being gender neutral. The biggest thing is trying to refer to the person without classifying them in a gender. You know, as far as I've kind of adapted the, well, I've got two kids, youngest and oldest, you know, and I try and eliminate, you know, the boy and the girl part. Do you ever feel like there are people in the Republican Party who are attacking people like your younger child? And yeah, what is it like to grapple with that? Yeah, because I just look at it going, what does that person know? For the most part, most of that is just acceptance. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Just accept it and respect it. And, and I think that's the biggest problem that a lot of people have is they want to fix it. Well, there's nothing to fix. Just let people be who they are. What if there's a candidate who you really support on issues, you know, A through Z, the economy, international relations, those kinds of things, but they can't embrace that spirit of acceptance that you've talked about? Would it be hard to cast your vote for someone like that? It depends on how much they want to bring that to an attention. If if they, say, hit nine out of the ten requirements and the one thing that they're not up on is that LG I get lost in the letters but yeah LGBTQ right that if they're not on that and they're say you're going to slip the clutch a little bit on that one and and just kind of let it be then alright you kind of got to take the good with the bad thank you so much Jeff I really appreciate thank it you. And I'll be in touch soon. Hey there. How's Hello. it going? Can you hear me? I can. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Perfect. Um, well, let me start with an easy one. How are you? How you been? I'm well. Yourself? I'm excited that we're getting down to the last few days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. We get our uh, Honda commercials back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm dying to ask. We're now just a few days out from the primary. Who do you think you're going to vote for? Probably Nikki Haley. She just seems to be a new, fresh start, and she seems to spend more time talking about what she'd like to get done. And she doesn't seem to get caught up in as much of the drama as some of the other candidates. You're never going to find a candidate that clicks off all the boxes. So you got to kind of find one that's going to best work with you. And in this case, being the primary right now, it's kind of nice because instead of voting for the one that's going to do the least amount of damage, I almost feel that we get an opportunity now to vote for the one that's going to do the most good. More of Emma's conversations with New Hampshire voters after this short break. Across New England, commercial businesses of all sizes rely on Eastern Bank. 
We help clients grow by being able to answer their larger loan needs and by offering innovative solutions, smart decision-making, and one-on-one relationships. From franchise financing to community development and asset-based lending, our knowledgeable and experienced commercial team deeply understands your business and the communities you serve. See how we can help you meet your business goals at easternbank.com slash commercial. Member FDIC. Okay, Emma, tell me about the next voter. The next voter you'll hear from is Pam Coffey. She's 70 years old and retired. She lives in Peterborough, which is this idyllic small town that actually was the basis for the play Our Town. Pam grew up in the Texas panhandle. She's kind of a politics nerd, uh, much like myself. And she said that this year she was looking for a more moderate candidate and someone whose character she could really respect. I'm Pamela Coffey. I live in Peterborough, New Hampshire. We moved from Amarillo, Texas, three years ago. I'm 70. I'm retired. And when people say, are you a Republican? If anybody ever asked me, I just identify as, well, I'm a Reagan Republican. I'm not a 2023 Republican. What brought you to New Hampshire? We had traveled up here and vacationed up here a couple of times. And we jokingly said, hey, let's retire up here. And that was kind of the end of that jokingly said. But then the kids grew up. We gave them wings. They flew. And after I retired and after my husband retired, we decided we wanted to be closer to family and closer to a hub airport. And does Peterborough feel like that kind of idyllic small town? It does. Sometimes it's frustrating. You may notice there are no drive-up, food service, coffee vendors available because that would cut into the quaintness of our New England town. It's very inconvenient. Sometimes you just want to drive up and get a cup of coffee. And this is your first presidential primary season in New Hampshire, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes, we moved here in 2020. So we got here just in time to vote, but we missed all of the primary season. So this has been very educational. We've talked a fair amount about Chris Christie and Nikki Haley, but I wonder if you could just say a little bit more about what you like about each of them. Haley's foreign policy experience overall I really like. I like that she's been willing to take on Trump a little bit, not as much as I think she needs to. If she's really going to take him down, she's going to have to go after him. Uh, I like what she says about securing our border. For Chris Christie, I like his experience as a governor. I like his willingness to take on Trump. I like the fact that they're both governors. Governors have to deliver. Governors have to keep people happy. They have to fix those potholes. That's why I think they make good presidents. They they are not ideologues. They're pragmatists, and we need pragmatists to get things done. Where are you on Donald Trump? Have you voted for him in the past? What do you think he represents for the country now? I have never voted for Donald Trump. And right now, I think Joe Biden is better than Donald Trump. And for somebody that has always voted Republican, that's saying a lot. We're you know, having this conversation in early December, just under two months until you'll vote in the primary. What are the factors you'll be considering between now and then as you narrow from two to one? A lot's going to happen on the world stage. I'm not just a local person. And America is not just 
a local country. We are international, and I think we owe it to our friends to help our friends. We're kind of having a catharsis right now (laughs) the last few years, but we'll settle it down and we'll figure it out. It's so interesting to hear you say that. I think a lot of people feel less hopeful than that. And I wonder where your faith in the nation comes from. What makes you such an optimist? One part is I lived through 1968. We had Martin Luther King assassinated, Bobby Kennedy assassinated. America nearly tore itself apart in 1968. We kind of got over it and we moved forward. And it's just been my experience that people are good. There are more good people in the world than bad. And I just truly believe that. And I think most people want to be educated when they vote. I am a Christian and have been for, I don't know, 55 years, <laughs> very long time. And I've often wondered how the Democrats got so far ahead of the Republicans in the social issues, because those should be Christian issues. And I don't like abortion. Nobody likes abortion. The Republican Party is very pro-birth, but they're not particularly pro-life. They want that baby born, but they don't want to help that little mama with child care or help or education. So that bothers me. I think that believers or Christians need to vote their conscience. They need to look not just at the policies or the politics of a person, but their character. And everybody's conscience may lead them to vote a different way. And I'm okay with that. There's enough of us in the world. We will figure this out. We'll get this, we'll get this figured out. Thank you so much again for the time. Bye-bye. Bye. It's really good to see you. How was your holiday? Did you have a good New Year? It was very good. Very good. We had family here a little bit, and so we had good times there. Awesome. Okay, so it's been a few weeks since we last talked, so I'd love just to hear an update on how you're thinking about the primary. Okay. Uh, I have pretty much settled on Nikki Haley. I went back and forth between her and Chris Christie, and it kind of boiled down to, for me, who's got more momentum and traction. And I feel like she does. She's just saying things, not that people want to hear, but that people need to hear. She's openly talked about, we need to leave behind the chaos. And I think so many people were just tired of the chaos. And I'm hoping that that is appealing to multi-generational voters. It doesn't have to be like this. It can be better, and it can be more statesmanlike. Okay, Okay, thank thank you so much, Pam. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And the last voter you're going to hear from is 18-year-old James Tebow. He's a lanky high school senior getting ready to make his very first vote in a presidential election. Uh, But he knows more about politics than many of the rest of us. He attended the prestigious Boys Nation program over the summer, and he's working on a college essay about federalism. He also loves Star Trek, as you can tell from the memorabilia in his bedroom. And we talked to James last month. He was still making up his mind about who he would vote for. 
Hi there, you must be James. I am, yes. I'm Emma, it's nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having us. Perfect. I like your socks. Thank you. What, what are those? Star Trek. Nice. Ah, uh, okay, very cool. Would you like to see my room? I have some political stuff set up in there. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. I was up all night cleaning. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's quite all right. I needed to do it anyway. All right, I see Ronald Reagan quote on the door. Vice President Pence signed that for me. And then I also have a signed hat from President Trump when he registered for the primary a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. So yeah. you were there in person for I that. was, yes. So... I was actually planning on going down to the state house anyway to get my senior pictures done. And I was I'm sensing sort of two loves just looking around here. Yeah. One is is Republican politics and the other is Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> is that fair? Yeah. Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Although I would I would say um, sometimes I struggle with the label of Republican just because mm -hmm. Um, it feels like, at least at the national level, the Republican Party really struggles with like actually governing as a conservative body. I met President Trump once. I met Vice President Pence once before he um, suspended his campaign. I've met DeSantis twice, and I've, I've met Vivek three times. My friends in like Alabama, Utah, they talk about all the time, you know, how lucky I am to be in the first in the nation primary state. Okay, so you are someone who already has been so involved in politics. Can you talk about how you're feeling about making your first vote in a presidential election? Oh, I'm so excited, but I'm also like really torn. I don't know who I'm going to go for quite yet. I mean, I have an idea. There are a couple candidates that do speak to me and there are a couple I do express concerns about, but I'm still kind of torn at the moment. How do you think it'll feel, I guess, to walk in on January 23rd? Oh, it'll be surreal. I mean, we've had experiences because our school is a polling place where we get to walk in during our social studies class and like see it, but we're always on the sidelines. So I, I'm incredibly excited and I think it's going to be an incredibly surreal experience. I know you said you're not sure yet who you want to vote for. Who's on the list? Um, really right now it's between DeSantis and Vivek. I don't like Chris Christie. I think he's too loudmouthish. I feel like Haley, I like her domestic policy, but her foreign policy just screams she's itching for war. And that makes me very uncomfortable, especially, you know, as a draft age male, a bit scary. I think DeSantis is very strong. He has a proven track record as governor of Florida, but Vivek, he's a lot more anti-establishment. He's very well-spoken and well-researched. There's one candidate, of course, you haven't mentioned as being on your shortlist, and that's Donald Trump. Where Where are you on him? I'll vote for him in the general if that is who the party selects. And I, he's a very nice man. I've met him. He's very kind. But my concern is not in terms of him personally, but in terms of how the voters will react to him. I feel like if he gets to the general, there's a concern that his legal baggage, as fabricated as it may be, might scare off independent voters. And if we lose the independence, we lose the election. Oh my gosh, is that a bunny? It's my bunny, yeah. What's, what's his name? Her name is Serena. Oh, her, I'm sorry. It's her. Hi, Serena. Does Serena have one ear she or am does. I? Oh yeah. my goodness. When she was like six months. What is your earliest memory, either of the New Hampshire presidential primary or of the political process? Do you remember any of that? I do remember in first grade, I got a tour 
of the state capitol with my first grade class. And I was sitting there with my friend and I was looking up at these portraits. There's President Franklin Pierce, who was New Hampshire's only president, Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. So I looked up at them and I like they, they were so imposing. They were so like powerful in their posture. And I just said, one day I want to be like them. And do you see yourself ever running for office? No comment. What are the other issues that are most important to you? Gun rights. We're a family of gun owners. Abortion's another really big one. At the core of our country is a fundamental right to life. I mean, the Declaration says life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. But um, also, like, the social issues. So, like, what is taught in schools? I think school choice absolutely is part of it. But I think that what is actually in the curricula is equally as important. I'm curious. We talked a lot about politics. We talked a little bit about Star Trek. Do you have any other hobbies? Do you have time for other hobbies? Um, Video games here and there. I mean, I was working on, before you came in, my Common App. I'm like a third of the way through it. And the prompt was, describe a topic, idea, or concept you find so engaging that it makes you lose all track of time. And that's just federalism. I know you're just drafting, but can we hear a snippet? Sure. Um... Quote, a local spirit will infallibly prevail much more in the members of Congress than a national spirit will prevail in the legislatures of the particular states. This quote from James Madison. That's a good start. (laughs) Are you pretty influential with your family? Do you feel like they listen to you? Yeah, it's computers and politics. I mean, whenever they want a recommendation for a political candidate or for a new phone or something, I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm the one who's there. And when do you think that you'll make your final decision? Probably by the end of this month. um, Either that or like, you know, day of, quite frankly. Okay, I know I've been pestering you for like hours and keeping you from your (laughs) college applications. Not a problem. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Hey, James, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Final stretch here, huh? Yeah, just registered to vote yesterday. How did it feel to register to vote? Kind of surreal, I'm not going to lie. Well, congratulations. Very exciting. Thank you. We're just a few days out now from the primary, and I'm wondering if you know who you're going to be voting for. I think that I'm going to end up voting for President Trump, especially with Vivek dropping out and endorsing him and the fact that I don't think DeSantis is going to do well here. I think that leaves Trump as really the only option. I was already on like the never Nikki train, but now it's even more so. But in the end, like, yeah, I have my issues with President Trump in terms of some policy and some things he said. But at the same time, I have issues with all the candidates. None of them are perfect. You're not going to agree with every single candidate 100% of the time. All right. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Of course. Yep. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. All right. Bye. So what do these voters tell us about this year's race? In many ways, the story of these three voters really tells the story of the New Hampshire primary. When we started talking last year, there was a long list of candidates in the field. And as that list has narrowed, we've really seen voters in the state at large, as well as these three that we highlighted, consolidate behind two people, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley, in what's become a two-person race in New Hampshire. A lot of politicos feel like New Hampshire is the last best chance for anyone who doesn't want to see Donald Trump renominated for the presidency this year. 
Nikki Haley has a better shot at either coming in a close second that would give her momentum moving on or even topping him in New Hampshire. But that doesn't mean it'll happen. Emma, I'm so glad you had a chance to spend some time in New Hampshire. I think it's really important to hear from voters. So thanks so much for sharing their stories on Say More. Thanks for having me. Say More is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Jesse Remedios with help from Anna Kusmer and Kristen Nelson. Our editor is Jim Dow. Our engineer is Uzair Ahmed. Our music is from APM Music. If you like the show, please follow us and leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can email us at saymore at globe.com. I'm Shirley Leung. Thanks for listening.